48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The Liberal Party's honorary chairman calls on the government to drop its controversial extradition bill. Student leader Joshua Wong says the news that the government is in no hurry to restart political reform shouldn't come as a surprise. And police detain an asylum seeker on suspicion of murder. The honorary chairman of the Liberal Party, James Tien, has joined the growing number of voices calling on the government to shelve its planned new extradition legislation. Mr Tien says it would be best to drop it, but he thinks it's unlikely to happen. Mr Tien says officials should at least consider delaying the passage of the bill until October to allow for more discussion. Even if this is to be enacted, there should be no hurry. Why should we do it so quickly or rush into passing a law by sort of July 1st? Why don't uh, we actually have a more thorough uh, consultation? and wait till like October this year. Because now it's in the bill committee stage. I'm sure there will be a lot of deputations in Legislative Council. A lot of people will be making their views known. The government is hoping lawmakers can approve the bill by July. Student leader Joshua Wong says he's not surprised with the chief executive Carrie Lam's comment yesterday that she's in no hurry to restart the political reform process. She was responding to criticism of the convictions of key leaders of the 2014 pro-democracy Occupy protests. Mr Wong says it shows how she ignores people's demands for Hong Kong's democratisation and universal suffrage. I have no hope towards Carrie Lam, but I have hope towards people. Perhaps in the next few years, we will not see certain political reform procedure, but we will continue to fight for democracy because we totally understand that Hong Kong have democracy or not, it not depends on Carrie Lam. It really depends on how Hong Kong people fight for democracy towards Beijing government. Following the convictions of the nine Occupy leaders and co-founders, Mr Wong says he's concerned that more participants of the movement will be prosecuted. He was speaking after attending an RTHK radio program. Nearly 1,000 activists have been arrested during Umbrella Movement. I wonder, after the verdict and the sentencing of the Umbrella 9 court case, will the government prosecute more and more activists? I think it might be a question that absolutely the government should respond on. I'm totally worried and concerned about certain political prosecution will happen again after this court case ends. This time it's umbrella line. Perhaps in the future it might be umbrella 19 or 90. An asylum seeker is being detained on suspicion of murdering his Filipino wife in Tokwawan yesterday. Timmy Sung reports. Police say the 37-year-old man surrendered himself to the Wong Tai Sin police station last night, saying he had killed his wife in their subdivided flat. The 40-year-old woman, a Hong Kong identity card holder, was found unconscious on a bed with multiple injuries to her head and hands. She was declared dead at the scene. A post-mortem will be carried out to ascertain the cause of death. Initial investigations suggest the two fought with each other in the morning. Detectives say the man arrived in Hong Kong from Gambia in 2012 and immediately sought asylum. He was given a reconnaissance letter to stay in the city. About 20 people have protested against the 3.3% increase in MTR fares, saying it's irresponsible given the rail firm's massive profit and frequent disruptions to service. Outside the MTR Corporation's headquarters in Kowloon Bay, protesters from the DAB party accused the MTRC of being stingy and failing to meet public expectations. Party member Albert Ng urged the rail firm to reduce the size of the increase and extend a 3% rebate scheme. We are unhappy with their decision to raise the fare. We believe that MTR as a transportation mode 
for the Hong Kong people, they should be aware that they have the responsibility to promote each of us to use MTR and their fare should not be raised too much. And I want to make sure that their discounted measures, um, they would they would enlong and lengthen the measure from six months to 12 months. The Food and Environmental Hygiene Department is hoping that new public toilets will be free of stains and smells with dry, clean floors and prompt repair of broken fixtures. The government is moving ahead with plans to renovate around 240 public toilets over the next five years at a cost of more than $600 million. Officials will decide which toilets get refurbished first based on their condition and usage rates. Speaking through an interpreter, the department's director, Vivian Lau, says it's consulting professionals over design and innovative technologies. At the public toilet at Saiyi Street, Mongkok, we are going to use ozone in flushing water for sanitization and uh, removing the odor. At the peak and Chimwan, there will be a few uh, toilets where we're going to use oxygen for deodorization. So we are using technology to decompose the uh, odorous particles to carbon dioxide and water. Researchers at Chinese University have have launched a large-scale study on the link between a sleep disorder and Parkinson's disease. Previous studies have shown that the condition known as rapid eye movement sleep behaviour disorder is an early sign of Parkinson's disease. Sufferers tend to act out their dreams by kicking and shouting in their sleep. Neurology professor Vincent Mock says they'll recruit hundreds of these patients to study their brains and genes in a bid to detect and treat Parkinson's disease early. As early as possible, when the degeneration has just started, and if we have potential disease-modifying therapies, we can intervene at this earlier stage. Then the chance of success of this therapy that can reduce uh, the progression of Parkinson's disease should be higher. The researchers say about 12,000 people in Hong Kong suffer from Parkinson's and expect that figure to double by 2030 because of the city's ageing population. Overseas now, the UK and the European Union have agreed to delay Brexit until the 31st of October. Speaking after hours of talks at an emergency summit in Brussels, the President of the European Council, Donald Tusk, described the extension as flexible. During this time, the course of action will be entirely in the UK's hands. It can still ratify the withdrawal agreement. It can also reconsider the whole Brexit strategy. That might lead to changes in the political declaration, but not in the withdrawal agreement. Let me finish with a message to our British friends. This extension is as flexible as I expected and a little bit shorter than I expected, but it's still enough to find the best possible solution. Please do not waste this time. The UK will remain a full member state of the EU for now with the option of cancelling Brexit altogether. The Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar said it meant Britain would have to take part in European elections next month or leave the bloc without a deal in June. The British Prime Minister Theresa May said it was vital that British MPs use the extension to agree on a way forward for Brexit. I know that there is huge frustration from many people that I had to request this extension. The UK should have left the EU by now, and I sincerely regret the fact that I have not yet been able to persuade Parliament to approve a deal which would allow the UK to leave in a smooth and orderly way. But the choices we now face are stark and the timetable is clear. 
So we must now press on at pace with our efforts to reach a consensus on a deal that is in the national interest. The Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has called a general election for May 18th. The vote will decide whether his right-of-centre Liberal Party wins a third term or is replaced by a Labour administration. The opposition is ahead in opinion polls. Mr Morrison told reporters what he believed to be the key issue in this election. We live in the best country in the world, but to secure your future, the road ahead depends on a strong economy. And that's why there is so much at stake at this election. Voting is taking place in the opening stage of the Indian general election, the biggest democratic poll ever held. In all, an estimated 900 million people are eligible to vote. The BBC's Yogita Lamai reports from Hyderabad. People are queuing up outside schools, which have been converted into polling booths for the day, to cast their ballot. Once they've entered their choice on the electronic voting machine, their fingers are marked with ink. Prime Minister Modi has been telling voters he's the man to keep the country safe and the economy growing. But his time in power has been marked by deepening social divides, rising unemployment and rural distress. Despite this, Mr Modi remains a strong contender, largely because no opposition candidate seems to be able to match the Prime Minister's mass appeal. Leading U.S. Democrats have denounced an assertion by the Attorney General William Barr that American intelligence agencies spied on Donald Trump's election campaign. Senator Chuck Schumer demanded Mr. Barr provide evidence for his comments or retract them. He accused him of promoting conspiracy theories. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, said the Attorney General was acting in the interests of the President and not the nation. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing that the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of our country is going off the rails. He is Attorney General of the United States of America, not the Attorney General of Donald Trump. An emergency campaign to prevent the spread of cholera in Mozambique following a devastating storm has reached more than 800,000 people in a week. The World Health Organization said the vaccination program was one of the fastest ever carried out. Here's the BBC's Grant Ferret. The anti-cholera campaign targeted parts of central Mozambique which were hit by Cyclone Idai last month. A huge team of volunteers took part, helping to reach people without access to clean water and sanitation, hundreds of thousands of whom remain in temporary shelters. Despite their efforts, more than 3,500 cases of cholera have been reported. Six people have died as a result of the disease. The success of the vaccination programme is a rare piece of good news, following a disaster which is expected to affect the region for a long time to come. A major new study suggests that every year 4 million children around the world develop asthma after breathing in traffic fumes. That's 13% of all childhood asthma cases. 194 countries took part in the study. The researchers are calling for World Health Organization guidelines on air quality to be reviewed after discovering more than 90% of such cases developed where pollution levels were supposedly within safe limits. Consumer prices on the mainland have risen at at the fastest pace since last October as pork prices soared because of the spreading epidemic of African swine fever. The consumer price index in March rose 2.3% from a year ago. Currencies now, the US dollar is trading at 111.06 yen, the euro is 1 US dollar and 12 cents, the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 27 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,855, 263 points down on the previous close. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung.
We start with ice hockey. The Columbus Blue Jackets rally from a three-goal deficit to stun the top-ranked Tampa Bay Lightning in Game One of their first-round NHL playoff series. After tying an NHL record with 62 wins in the regular season, Tampa came out firing by scoring three times in the first period in front of their fans. But Columbus responded. Seth Jones scored the go-ahead goal on the power play to cap a three-goal third-period comeback for the Blue Jackets, who went on to. Win four three. Elsewhere, Josh Bailey scored in overtime to lift the New York Islanders over the Pittsburgh Penguins four three, and a late goal from Tyler Bozak gave St. Louis a two one win in Winnipeg. The Charlotte Hornets have been eliminated from playoff contention on the last day of the NBA regular season. They were beaten one twenty two to one fourteen at home by the Orlando Magic. Orlando's victory means they'll be seated seventh in the Eastern Conference and will face the Toronto Raptors in the first round. The Detroit Pistons secured the number eight spot. They'll play the league best Milwaukee Bucks. Now to football's European Champions League, where Barcelona have defeated Manchester United in their quarterfinal first leg at Old Trafford. The video assistant referee system had to be used to determine the only goal of the game. Messi's not offside. Chips it towards the far post. Header down. Continue heads in. Brilliant goal for Barcelona. Just, oh, flags off the offside. The referee's waiting. They're consulting VAR. I'm sure that should stand. It's a goal, and the referee and VAR is right. That was scored as an own goal in the 12th minute when a header by Luis Suarez deflected off Luke Shaw. United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer knows his team will need to produce another comeback to keep their hopes alive. We started a bit sloppy, slow, and、uh, never got going until they scored. Of course, the PSG performance away、uh, gives us hope and belief that we can do it,、uh, but we know we are playing against.、Uh, Probably the favourites、uh, in the tournament, and going to New Camp is going to be a challenge, and it'll be a greater achievement winning that one because、um, with the history of、uh, of Barcelona as well, they're they're not used to、uh, losing at home, but we can do it, no doubt about. We we know we can carry a goal threat if it's Anthony or Rom or Rashi, whoever is playing up there.、Um, we have to provide a bit more、uh, ammunition for them and chances for them. In the other match, Ajax held Juventus to a one-all draw in Amsterdam. Cristiano Ronaldo's 125th Champions League goal put Juve ahead just before halftime. The home side equalized a minute later through David Neres. And as you look at sports, and to end the news, the top stories: the Liberal Party's honorary chairman wants the government to drop its controversial extradition bill. Student leader Joshua Wong says news that the government is in no hurry to restart political reform shouldn't come as a surprise, and police detain an asylum seeker on suspicion of murder. The news from RTHK.